This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be paving the way. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. All right, it is Taz and the Moose with you here on this Monday morning on CBS Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Mike and Connor cross the way. Bogish with your updates to 9 a.m. Eastern time we go. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Attention hotline fans. That is your number to call on CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. In 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. As uh, there was oppressive heat um, over a large uh, you know, uh, swath of our country, <clears throat> yeah. uh, especially in the Northeast, has where there were uh, – some blackouts. I know there's still one going on in, in Brooklyn, right? So, yeah, um, a lot of people lost power. Yeah, Pat. lost power yeah. and uh, some violent storms, but that heat wave is now broken. You had the uh, – uh, what is always, a, you know, a fun time because if you're a baseball fan, you know, at some point maybe you make the pilgrimage, if you can, up to Cooperstown, New York, yeah. and, and uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame, and it's a great little town in, in upstate New York, and, um, you know, they've got – you know, if if, if – if you are a sports fan, a baseball fan, if you're an enthusiast, you go up there and you get a feel for the history of Major League Baseball. They've got a beautiful diamond up no there. Doubt. It's cool. Uh, cool restaurants and old school hotels and stuff like that. It's a fun little it is. down New York's a fun little it town. It really is. I know when my son was young, we went that we went out there. It was a lot of fun. And and even if you're a baseball fan, to Moose's point, it's great, great spot to go. Even if you don't have kids or you do have kids. You go, and also, if you go during the summertime, especially, there's a lot of baseball tournaments at the local baseball fields right near the, you know, the, the Cooperstown. It's in the town of Cooperstown, yeah. So you'll see a ton of really good little league baseball uh, tournaments that are big time tournaments that teams really, you know, strive to do well in all year to go to Cooperstown and win. But the actual Hall of Fame and all that stuff—it's really cool. The history and the building—it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, we went years ago. My son was probably—I don't know—he might have been like five years old. We had a blast. That's great. Good little pizzerias there. Yeah, that little it's main nice. Street it's there. a nice yeah, town. Yeah. They got nice. a cool brewery up yeah. there as well. I haven't been—I haven't been to Cooperstown 
It's got to be like 15, 16. I haven't been there in a oh, long, long brought, time. You know, your kids are still bro- a little young. Yeah, I haven't but, brought our yeah. kids yet up there yet. Yeah. We'll bring them up there. Yeah. But haven't, haven't, made that, haven't made that journey as of it's yet. It's fun, but though. Yeah. One, you know, one a number of times when I was a kid. It's always, it was yeah. always fun. It was it's always t- fun. You know, for us, it's a little bit easier real quick, kid, because you know, we're, we live in New York, right? Now, people think, oh, you live in New York. You live right near. No, we don't live right near Cooperstown. Like no, the Cooperstown's area. a drive. Yeah, it's a drive. But if you, but, but a lot of folks that are listening to us across the United States, they got to fly in yes. somewhere. It's not It's not an easy spot to get to. No, it's not. Where it's, the hell are you flying into? Uh, no, maybe, I mean, you could fly into Albany. Albany, uh, Albany. Could, I, mean, I think you're right. Yeah, you Albany. could fly into Albany. You're right. I, I forgot about Albany. Right. That's a spot to fly into. Um, and, then then, and then you still have a little bit of a drive in yeah. front of you in order to get to Cooperstown. But it's a, it's a cool little town. It, it, it is. really it is. is. Um, and, you know, Hall of Fame weekend. I've never gone up for a Hall of Fame weekend. Have you ever gone up for a Hall of Fame no, weekend? No, that I've never done. I've no, never no, done. No, no, and uh, they had a, I mean, it was packed yesterday. Uh, you know, a class of uh, of six individuals going in. Uh, obviously, Roy Halladay, uh, posthumously, he's represented by his wife. Yeah, but yeah, yet, uh, Edgar Martinez yeah. and Mike Messina yep. and Mariano Rivera and you know it, Harold 50, Baines, Harold Houston, Baines, right, fifty five thousand, right. second largest crowd ever, crazy uh, to take in uh, the induction ceremony up there in Cooperstown, New York, and. Um, I'm uh, yeah. sorry, Bruce, but you know, thing before we get into talking about like the details of what happened, it was, it was really cool. It's like you know, like and a lot of people talk about this, and and I'm one of those people. I want to get your take. I just feel like it's buried in the mid to late July, the the the, the induction ceremony, you know. And meanwhile, there's MLB games going on nonstop while yeah. this is happening. Come on, guys. I mean, that's, what are we doing here? You had the All Star break. You got a couple days off. Do it then. Well, the problem with something. That, well, the problem with that is the All Star break starts on a Sunday, right? Sunday night, right? And then it goes until what? The we had the first game Thursday night, which was Rangers and Astros, right? And then baseball picked up again on Friday. So you have Monday, you have the home run derby, you have the futures game Sunday in Cleveland, home run derby Monday night, All Star game Tuesday, and then teams have all of Wednesday off. And then majority of teams obviously have Thursday off as well before games get going what, back on Friday. And what's Sunday before? Sunday the... is the Futures game. Okay, so... so they have like it's the All Star game for the right, you know, no, the no, best of the best of the minor leagues. But see, they got to finagle or figure something out there. These are legends that are being inducted in the Hall of Fame. I mean, True. and they should have these. These people deserve to have the spotlight on them and their families. I don't disagree with you now, you know, Taz. Spotlight. You know? Now, instead of doing it during the All Star break, how about you play this point? You mentioned it. Having games being played, why have games being played? Right. Why? Stick why? why do, not, we'll do night or games. not just do the night? Just push everything back. Right. Where you have one day during the baseball That's season all. where this is the focus of Major right. League Baseball, exactly. where there's no games going on. Exactly. Where these guys are the best of the best, getting inducted into Cooperstown, the Baseball Hall of Fame. That all eyes should be on this class no and doubt. every other, you know, this Absolutely. induction class going in. All those players and their families. They deserve right? it. They deserve it because of the sacrifices they've made and their families have made and how great these guys are play- as, as players. They deserve that spotlight. To be frank with you, I think the current baseball players would love that. They'd love to either just have a, a, another little time off, a little more time off, not only that, but to check this out, to watch this. You know, I almost forgot this was going on because I'm watching the Met game. I, it, Which well, lasted forever. Yeah, no, I did That's go. All story no, I did go forever. Yeah. Oh, for me, I, I, you know, I knew it was going on because of Rivera. Right. Well, of course. Uh, well, so know, the Yankees are. There's just 
If you're a Yankee fan, yeah, of you're course. a Yankee the fan. Hall of Fame, and, they're yeah, always going to right, the Hall of and, Fame. Right, and I get it. And, and but yeah, you're right. It does it does get buried. A, it does get buried a little bit. And they and be, that's something baseball should rectify. There should not be games being played that's while it. you're while you're doing the induction ceremony. And oh, God bless those fans. I mean, it was a hot day up there in Cooperstown, New York, oh, to be yeah. packing fifty five thousand into that small, you know, New York town and, and taking that in. Um, and Rivera closed out the show yeah. uh, as as he did so many times during the course of the regular season. Baseball's all time saves leader. Uh, you think about it: forty two career saves in the postseason. Taz won five World Series. Uh, he allowed just eleven earned runs in one hundred and forty one innings of work oh, in the postseason. Think about that. That's amazing. That's insane. Amazing. That's amazing. insane. Amazing. Listen, as a non Yankee fan, but yet a born and bred New Yorker as I am, uh, you learn quickly. If you were around watching, or you know, while Rivera was in his prime, to respect, you know, the Sandman, respect Rivera and what he did with the greatness for years, closing games out for the New York Yankees. I don't care who you are, unless maybe you're a Red Sox fan. When this guy would come out of the bullpen and they crank Metallica at the Sandman, <laughs> you got goosebumps, bro. You did. Ninth, <laughs> I mean, 19 years as a Yankee uh, was Mariano Rivera, Taz. And you think about Rivera, not ballyhooed as a prospect. We see all these, you know, international signings now where guys are getting 4 and $5 million, right? I think Mariano Rivera signed for, tw- I believe it was $25,000 coming wow, out of Panama. Amazing. Came to the United States in 1990. Couldn't speak, uh, no English, couldn't speak yeah. any English whatsoever. Right, the Yankees had, had had also at that time signed his cousin Ruben Rivera, who was a big oh, outfield prospect. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did it was a big it was a big outfield prospect. Really? So they had Ruben Rivera and Mariano Rivera. Oh, wow. When he first got called up, he was a starter. His first two, his first you know initiation to Major League Baseball as a starter, he pitched to an over ten ERA. Just horrible. Horrible. I mean, <laughs> yeah. terrible. Came horrible. back as a reliever. Right. And then obviously developed the cutter tag. Well, yeah. And well, then in, from 95 to 97, 96, he was dominant. And then 97, he was the Yankees' closer. Untouchable. And we know what he went from there. Untouchable. And the funny thing is, as a kid, Rivera, you know, he, he, he wasn't, his goal, his dream wasn't to play baseball, it was to play soccer. He, he, he was a big fan it was, uh, of uh, Pele. Remember Pele, yep. the Brazilian soccer star yeah. back in the day? And uh, and then he found baseball, and I guess baseball found him. And and then they say, they say the rest is history. Thirteen time All Star, uh, five World Series with the New York Yankees. I mean, unbelievable. It really was um, an unbelievable career. And here is Mariano Rivera yesterday on uh, at the induction ceremony uh, on being a Yankee for life. It's a privilege and honor to just be part of one organization. I did it with dignity, with honor and pride. I tried to carry the pinstripes the best that I could. I think I did it right with that. I uh, certainly did. How about that cutter, Mariano? I told Mel, I said, Mel, you know what? Leave it like this because whatever's going to happen, is going to happen. And I learned how to use that pitch. I used that pitch for 17 years. <laughs> and I used it well. Yeah, I mean, he certainly did lose it well. Use it well. And Taz, here's the one thing for Rivera is... There aren't a lot of guys that, even if you weren't a Yankee fan, you have respect for in sports. Mm, true, right? There aren't a lot of like there. You know, there are guys there's that appreciate their talent level, but right. there's not a lot of guys no. that. What like what ill could anyone speak of Rivera? Nothing. <laughs> His guy was just 
epic. This guy was great. Like I just said, as a Met fan, I mean, watching him, I mean, like, and, and I, you know, I, I, I really, I, I'm not a Met fan who hates on the Yankees, but I'm not a Yankee fan by any stretch. But I, I mean, watching Rivera play, I'm like, wow. I was just in awe of of how great he was, and and then you see today, like you know, you know, it's almost like nobody liked this, like the way this guy could close, where this guy was able to close games and be as dominant as, as he dominant. Was. I mean, I know my team he hasn't was. had one, I think, ever. <laughs> <laughs> still, we're still looking. So, uh, no, I, I, that's why I don't think uh, Taz. I, I think we were lucky uh, if you grew up in that era. Um, and you were able to see Rivera. I don't think we'll ever see a pitcher no. as dominant as he was. And the great players he played with on that Yankee team, you know, from Derek Jeter, who he'll be up for it next year, and he's going to be for obviously first ballot guy, Derek yep. Jeter, well-deserved. You know, and, and I mean, Mussina was in his class. I mean, he's played with so many great Yankees. He did. I mean, and so many great teams, hence all the success the Yanks had. And he just, I, I can't pitch a Rivera just like, like Tom Brady. I can't pitch it. Tom Brady wearing a different uniform for anybody else. Like I, I like I when Joe either. Montana went and after his career and went and played for the Chiefs after the Niners. It was strange. It was weird. It was weird. I remember going to Hofstra watching the Jets train when the the first summer camp that Brett Favre was with the Jets. It was weird seeing Favre in a Jet uniform. In a Jet uniform, yeah. not a Packer uniform. Right. I was happy as a Jet fan then. I was like, wow, this is going to be great. Well, uh, but anyway, it was well, weird. For though. 12 games, it was when you were 9 and 3. <laughs> right, right. But the, <laughs> the thing is, like Rivera, man, you can't picture him playing in any other baseball uniform except no, you those pinch shots. You're, you're right about that. I mean, it's kind of hand in hand in his brilliance, and, and he deserved the honor of being the first unanimous selection into the Baseball Hall. No of doubt about it. No and I, and I, there are other guys that deserved it, too. I'm not trying to tell you that, Rivera. Yeah, yeah. I, we, we talked about at the time. I, it's kind of it's all baloney. The idea of no one ever deserved to be 100%. Right. You know, all these guys in the pen, whether it be you know Tom Seaver, or Ricky. I mean, go up and down the line. There are guys that you know our baseball Hall of Famers. There's no debate to be had. You don't have to look at the you know, the baseball almanac. You don't have to hop online and look at baseball reference and go through and see how many Hall of Fame seasons. Guys are just Hall of Famers. You know they're Hall of Famers if you take the PED stuff out of the equation, Taz. And so that's where you look at it where he shouldn't have been the first. It's rightful that he is the first because he's probably, you know, the, but – there should have been guys before him that were also unanimous. As absolutely, well. you know, I, absolutely. You know, one thing. What was his jersey number? Uh, Forty-two. Forty-two. Right, and they retired that number to Yankees, and it was funny. Always retired across baseball for oh, Jack. That's true. I forgot about he was Jack. Only, Jack he was Robinson. only. Yeah, 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 there were bad. only three guys in baseball point, at yes. that time before baseball retired it, and uh, that were still able to wore forty-two. Rivera being one of them. Being I think right. Mo Vaughn was Mo another Vaughn one. Mo Vaughn was another one. That's yes. right. Mo Vaughn, Mo who was Vaughn a guest was on our shows in yeah. studio here. Massive human being. Yes. yes, correct. Massive man. But no, the reason why I mentioned, I was asking about his, I forgot he was number 42, but I know the Yankees, I mean, you're right about the the, the uh, Jackie Robinson, number 42, my bad on that. But the thing is, I always found it interesting that the Yankees, like when he came in, like he wasn't wearing a single digit number. Because, you know, there's so many, there's like, I think there's, it's funny, I was watching the Yankees quickly the other day because yeah. the Mets were coming on later because they were in California. And I put a, put the game on, I had nothing else to do. And I help me with the kid's name, number zero, the pitcher for the Yankees. Oh, Adovino. Adovino, right. Tremendous player, tremendous yeah. pitcher. And I'm like, look at this Strange kid. Strange wearing a zero. He's wearing, well, not just a zero, that he 
is in that class of single-digit Yankees, Billy Martin and Derek Jeter, <laughs> Babe Ruth, Roger Maris. There's no Lou other Gehrig. single digits. That's no, it. they're, they're all, all gone. gone. Joe DiMaggio is number five. Lou Gehrig, four. I mean, all the Roger Maris, Joe Torre, all these great Yankees. And again, I'm not, I know I sound like a Yankee fan, but I, you know, growing up in New York, you know that single digits is a huge thing with the Yankees, and yeah. you're not getting them. The Yogi Berra, no. number eight, like, <laughs> this kid... It's got a, a zero. It's a single digit. That's, That's amazing. True, right. I don't, which is, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if I love guys wearing zero. Do you like that? I don't. I, I don't, don't love I that. Don't. Russell I don't Westbrook, right? Is he yeah, going to wear zero? Yeah, with the, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't no, know. Without, I'm not into the zero. I don't know either. if I necessarily love that, but you're right. I it's mean, a single the, digit, if you're Right. If you were, and that's when Jeter got the single digit too, that's when you know that's you're, right. that's when you know you're a prospect oh. that you are, big things are expected of you. That's a big deal with the Yankees that now it's not possible. There's no more. There's no more single they're all gone. They yeah, are. Rivera definitely could have been a single-digit guy. He could have been. You're right about that. <laughs> um, the other, obviously, uh, emotional scene surrounded um, Roy Halladay. And um, his wife, uh, Brandy, uh, spoke to the 55,000 uh, for the uh, induction of her husband, Roy, who was as dominant a righty uh, as we've seen in this generation. Take a listen. I know how honored Roy would be. To be sitting here today with such accomplished men who have represented this game so well over the course of all of your careers. Thank you for being such a good example to him and to supporting him in, in his career and all of his efforts. Yeah, I mean, a very, very emotional Extremely, Taz, yeah. And yeah. obviously his life cut short by the airplane accident. Um, Go from and, Mexico, yeah. Correct. And um, interesting kind of um, story that crosses both Rivera and Halliday. Uh, which if you go up to the Baseball Hall of Fame, you could actually see the baseball. Uh, I forget which All-Star game it was, uh, but Mariano Roy Halladay went up to Mariano Rivera and asked him about the cutter. Mm. So Mariano Rivera took a baseball and basically traced his fingers on the baseball of how he grips the ball mm. to throw the cutter. Wow. And Roy Halladay, from that day until the rest of his career, carried the baseball with him Amazing. to go over how to hold the cutter and how to <laughs> hold the baseball in order to get the cutter like Rivera had. That's I mean, think else. about that. That's It's That's kind of remarkable crazy. when you think about guys holding on to things that make them special. Mariano Rivera was teaching everybody and their mother the cutter, and Roy Halladay, that connection between Roy Halladay and – and um, and and Mariano Rivera. And they both go in the hall. Yeah, they both go in the hall. I'm not saying crazy. that the cut fastball led to Roy Halladay's success, but it was something that he wanted to add to his repertoire, and Rivera was happy to help. Yeah, no doubt. And and uh, two thousand eight, very you, uh, very emotional seeing that done by by Doc's wife Brandy, and just sad. It's just sad, you know. He left us way too soon, obviously, and and. Um, you know, being his greatness with the Blue Jays, the Phillies. You know what I mean? Just it, the whole thing. Just it's just very sad. And uh, but you know what? Uh, it's a deserved honor for him, and it's it's awesome, and it, it's for his family and stuff. And I got to tell you, you got to give his wife a, a plethora of credit because she's not used to speaking publicly, and no, I can't she's imagine. you know just you know what I mean. Like you and I, we speak publicly. So for the average Joe or Jane to get in front of that many people with such an amazing honor for all, her late husband, that that. That, that took a lot of courage for that woman to do that. Oh, there's no doubt. But she's been through a lot, obviously, since since 2017, her husband. And there's also know, a difference, Taz, of what we do and going up and delivering a speech. Absolutely, too. yes, absolutely. I mean, so there's right. that's, there's some people that can right, that can talk on the radio or right. talk on TV, and then you put them in front of a, a crowd of you know 
No, like, I mean, there's 55,000 people. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about even if you put them in front of a crowd of 250 or 500, right. uh, it doesn't come across all that well. But I thought she handled herself brilliantly. And what is, I mean, it's got to be, his life was cut short way too soon. Yeah. Um, it, it's got to be just, uh, you know, gut wrenching. She's got to be so proud of what he was able to accomplish and, you know, being uh, the wife of Doc Holliday and being up there and, uh, you know, being with all those great baseball players. But certainly, uh, the sense of loss has got to be, uh, you know, just yeah, profound. It's, it's heart wrenching for sure, and you know, he's just yeah, had a heck of a career cut short, as we said. I mean, but you know, broke in with the with Toronto, yeah, I think in '98, yeah '98, and uh, you know, he won a Cy Young Award, was selected six time six time All Star. He was, uh, you know, just you know, and 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 won one moment with, with the Phillies too. Cy, I mean, just you know, tremendous player and two All Star games, I believe, with the Phillies. So. You know, just a tremendous athlete and player, and it's just sad. But his wife deserves a plethora of credit for what she's doing to keep her family together, obviously, and and, and for her to go up there and, and speak like she did. Yeah, and you feel good for guys like Mike Messina and, and Harold Baines yeah. and Edgar Martinez, Taz. Edgar Martinez, uh, you know, put the DH aside. I don't remember. I mean, he was as good of a... You know, good head of sure. a right-handed bat, as sure. you'll see. We know, we all remember Harold Baines, who, who had that sweet lefty swing, and then, and then certainly, uh, you look at uh, what Mike Mussina was able to accomplish. It felt good for Mussina, who uh, you know never won a World Series with the Yankees, uh, and and left uh, retired what two thousand eight, I believe. The he Yankees won a Cy Young. To... I don't think he ever won. Um, I don't think so. Did he win a Cy Young? Hell of a pitcher. I mean, Hell I'm of a pitcher. That he, was uh, he never won. He didn't win twenty games till his final year. Wow. Hmm. His final year, he finally won twenty games. Um, and reinvent himself, and he had that knuckle curve. Remember yeah, yeah, that yeah, he I was do, able I to, and, yeah. and it was good to see Messina get in. I and, agree. I agree. And here is Moose yesterday up in Cooperstown talking about getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame. I was never fortunate enough to win a Cy Young Award oh. or be a World Series champion. I didn't win 300 games or strike out 3,000 batters. And while my opportunities for those achievements are in the past, today I get to become a member of the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Maybe I was saving up from all of those almost achievements. For one last push, and this time wow. I made it. Yeah. I like it. A little chip on the shoulder, which is cool. But he held the player. Great. Musina was great. Um, you know, I got to tell you, my only thing, it's going to be a little a little bit of nitpicking for me. I, this is minor stuff, but, I, you know, a lot of these, it's just these guys, they're reading stuff. Like, I can't, like, I guess because, like we said about talk of a living, to me, I would not, if I was going to the Baseball Hall of Fame or if I ever get fortunate enough to go into WWE's Hall of Fame, I don't think that's going to happen. Who knows? I'm not reading nothing. Moose, if you're going in the Hall of Fame, you're not reading papers. You're not reading an index card. Uh, it sounds like Moussina was reading. I understand no, he's it, not a public did, speaker, but right, still. Right, it did, Taz, but I'd be worried about going up there and freezing up. You? <laughs> you? Moose, I think you'll be fine. I don't think... I, I could. You listen. wouldn't go up there. You wouldn't go up there with just a little something. No, bro. You'd have would nothing. You. No, you'd walk nothing. up there and just spitball. <laughs> Dude, I would. I would. And so you would really you know you. listen. I'd because in the trade, no, I'd be the, a little nervous. Listen, in the trade, nervous. if you go up there and you're a broadcaster, sportscaster, TV mm. or radio, and you have index, dude, you know your college, you're gonna kind of get ripped. Like, bro, what are you, you're not. You know, that's a prideful thing for people don't realize that for announcers or radio guys or TV guys not to work off of a unless you have to work off a prompter or teleprompter or something. Yeah. You spitball. You're a radio guy. You don't need a script. I right, I'm Mark Belusius. What about an outline? This. What about an outline of outline's where you want to go? 
Yeah, but the outline. Like you look down and you're like, this is where you want to talk about in your career, Taz. Like you, you're yeah. getting into the Hall of Fame. You want to hit upon this, this, this stage of my no. career. Then this transit. Then. Can't do it, bro. No outline. Not I, even an outline. I, I'm, I'm not kidding. You're just going. I'm you're just spitballing. I really? have to. You don't, I, I don't know if I can do that. I'll tell you I don't what. think I trust myself. I was broken <laughs> to the outline. But l- listen, I wasn't broken the wrestling business by WWE. I broke in before yeah, WWE. Yeah, of course. I was, broken to, I was broken into broadcasting from WWE. So my point bringing it up is Vince McMahon, like, you can't, like, when I would host things in the ring, or besides the color commentary, and need to have a card, like or something, he oh, would no, say no way. He no, didn't no. want. He oh. was drooling. You had you. You have to be professional. You got to memorize things. You have to just be able to just spitball and talk. So to me, no, I would not have an out. I couldn't. But is it that a little different than a whole, now? I haven't watched all the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. Oh, a lot of those guys have written stuff. Are they, are they writing? Yeah, a lot of the guys. Are writers they working are writing them. No, uh, right. Are they working off a teleprompter? No. Like, not, not a prompter. They're working off of, like you said, an outline. An outline. They're looking down yeah. and working off some Not stuff. every guy, though, and girl. Some do. Some don't. Like, some, you know. Some of those speeches can go long. Well, they used to always go long. <laughs> you're right. This year, they cut them short. They said, look, I remember when I was working there. playing the band. Dude, I was like going the to the Hall of Fame things, and it was like it was it was like a half hour per person 35 40 minutes these guys were living their past and then they got a couple of drinks them before they go on dude i'm not kidding i've been to these things <coughs> sitting in the audience was a nightmare yeah you're like, like oh, oh my god, god give me already. give me the uber okay, where's my it. lift so then in 1962 <laughs> i won this title in, in, uh, you know, well, in wyoming would, but okay, see but that would be the problem where you don't want to you don't want to trail off I don't. <laughs> I don't, you don't know. want to trail. I would keep it succinct. I mean, my fear would be if by not writing something, I would forget to yeah. thank somebody. Yeah, right. Key persons, you can't forget your significant no, I, other. Yeah, for sure. Or that's it. and your significant other and others that helped you get to where you were getting. Yeah. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> Come on. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on this Monday morning. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Major League Baseball legend Mo Vaughn, and you're listening to Taz and Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, tonight, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, CBS Sports Network brings you tennis like you've never seen it before. Don't miss a men's and women's action-packed showdown between Orlando and Washington. It's World Team Tennis on the 24-hour home of CBS Sports. I thought this would be better, Moose. My wife and I bought a few of these, and this new flavor, lemon raspberry, it's a little seltzer water type thing. Yeah. Without promoting the name. You know this brand. Very good brand. Yeah. You're familiar. This is not that good. Okay. Just letting you know. They're very strong in the flavoring. They are. They, they're getting more and more. They have one now that's like an orange, like a citrusy one. The green can. Yeah. It's really good. Oh, is it really if good? If you like an orange citrusy type thing, like I, lower I, sugar, you know? Yeah, I've had I've had that. The grapefruit's a little strong. That's, dude, that's what my wife said. My wife loves grapefruit. She's like, wow, this is really strong. Yeah, really. I had one last night. Very strong. The prom- pomegranate? I can't see that. I have not had the pomegranate one. Good, probably the best. Okay, probably try best. that. Yes, uh, but uh, yeah, so this one's go. a little bit, little rough. 
This one's not. Well, flavored not seltzers are taking over the world. They really are. It's a gigantic thing yeah, in our yeah, world today. Really You're right. Is. Well, because it's low calorie. You don't get the artificial stuff. No. And you get a little flavor. Yes, that's exactly right. right it's not just plain water. Yes. That's Ryan right. Wilson's going to join us here momentarily. Oh. Uh, well, in about 10 minutes from now. Right. Covers the NFL for CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. We'll get into everything surrounding Tyreek Hill. Uh, run around hmm. the National Football League as well with Ryan. So Funny, real quick before we get to Andrew Bogus, yeah. who just walked in the building, our update person. Okay, we're going to get to him now. What are we doing here? Connor's just, he missed no. us before. We had no guests last week. Okay. All week. No guests. Just let you know that. Just John in New Jersey. Well, okay. besides. <laughs> nice. Oh, look who just walked in. Andrew. Oh, hey, guys. What did I miss? Nice. Well, Connor messed up again? There it goes. Okay. <laughs> Connor's fine. He had the mold Vaughn drop, which is good. That was good. Uh, here's your report. <laughs> I guess I'll read. It's sponsored Let's by Wrangler out, Outdoor. Pants and shirts made with durable fabrics. Right, Moisture. Thanks, Moose. Moisture management and UPF 30 protection. Wrangler Outdoor. Clothing with outdoor credibility and everyday versatility. Try them on today. Training camps continue to open all around the NFL, and that means roster moves have to happen. Wide out DeAndre Hopkins and DNJJ Wad. Bears safety, haha Clinton Dix, and Patriots running back Sony Michelle all on their respective PUP lists. They can come off that list whenever they are ready to practice. All-Pro wideout Julio Jones reported a Falcons camp yesterday, despite still not having a new deal. Jones stayed home for a while last summer before the Falcons adjusted his salary. He has two years and roughly 20 mil left on his current deal. Jones says he trusts owner Arthur Blank, who has promised him a new contract. The first-place Braves salvaging a four-game split with the second-place Nationals 7-1 last night in Atlanta. Kevin Gossman started for the first time in a month thanks to a foot injury. One run, five hits, eight Ks, over seven-plus. I felt good. You know, I think the biggest thing was my fastball command. And, uh, you know, BMAC had a great plan back there. And, um, you know, when I'm able to hit my spots behind in the count, it makes things a lot easier. Ronald Acuna Jr. and Josh Donaldson each homered for the Braves. They stay six and a half games ahead of the Nationals. The Phillies stay a game behind Washington with a 2-1 win in 11 in Pittsburgh. Reese Hoskins a tie-breaking solo homer. The Cubs losing to the Padres 5-2. The Brewers a 7-4 win in Arizona. And the Cardinals a 3-1 victory in Cincinnati. Over in the AL, the Red Sox lost in Baltimore 5-zip. They didn't get a hit off 30-year-old journeyman Asher Wojciechowski until the seventh inning. Golf's final major is in the books. Here's this little tap-in to win the 148th Open Championship. And poor Rush! Shane Lowry is your Open champion 2019. Big hugs from player to caddy. Emotional scenes. I'm in a glass case of emotion. Uh, That's how it all sounded. Lots of accents on the Open.com. Shane Lowry's coronation official with that tap-in. Put a six-shot win over Tommy Fleetwood at Royal Port Rush to claim his first major title. Lowry did it only a 1-over-72 yesterday to win the first winner at the Open to shoot over par in the final round since 96. Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Jason Day, Hideki Matsuyama reportedly at a skins game in Japan in late October. Tiger then plays a PGA event outside Tokyo. And checking last night's MLS scoreboard, Portland a 2-1 win in Seattle. The Red Bulls a 1-0 win in Orlando. Four saves in shutout number 5 for Luis Robles, guys. All right. Uh, appreciate that. Thank you, Andrew. Come back. We're going to talk a little football. Ryan Wilson's going to yeah, join us. Right. Yeah. Something wrong? No, there's nothing wrong. Something bit your foot? What's going on? No, your nothing bit my foot. 
Wear flip flops, by the way. My new thing to work. The she, thing. She get on it, Moose. No, no, you look like a flip flop guy. I did a warm wall last week. I'm sure you did. To the beach. No one sees your feet. You're at you're a broadcast booth. I know. I get it. Enjoy it. I, I heard you flip-flopping your way down the hallway this morning. <laughs> That's what you want to hear. Five That's years. it. <laughs> snapping, the, snapping it right back on, on the back of the heels. That's funny. Uh, we got Ryan Wilson's going to join us. Uh, CBS Sports, CBSSports.com covers the National Football League. It's Taz and the Moose, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. This is WWE superstar, the man, Becky Lynch, and you're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. On this Monday morning, let's get into a little NFL. Ryan Wilson joins us now, covers the National Football League for CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. What's going on, Ryan? How you doing, bud? Ryan, what's up, man? How you doing? How's it been? How's it been? It's been good. I mean, summer's clicking along, Ryan, and, uh, you know, training camps are upon us, amazingly enough. And, um, you know, this Friday, uh, Tyreek Hill uh, will be there for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, How surprised were you uh, by the NFL decision that came down on Friday? Uh, I was talking to someone about that, and they asked me that exact question on a scale of 1 to 10, and I said both a 10 and a 1. Because the NFL is under Roger Goodell's uh, reign since 2006 has been so inconsistent with these punishments that you really never know what's going to happen. Uh, I, I mean, we know about the Ray Rice incident, and once the video came out, everything turned in terms of how the NFL felt about how serious the allegations were, and they suspended the suspension went from two games to indefinitely. He has not played again, and. and Honestly, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he was closer to 30 than he was to 25 and that he wasn't the football player he once was because we know these guys get second chances. It's curious that the NFL decided to, to drop the investigation, that they didn't have enough evidence to move forward. When we've seen in the past, they haven't needed as much evidence as legal authorities in order to hand down a punishment and send a message and, in effect, make an example out of a player. And they chose not to do that here. It's unclear why. And I think that's what has people confused and, and angry in some instances more than anything, because while we can't prove what happened to, to that young child, we have the audio tapes of him talking to his fiance. And um, <clears throat> Jimmy Smith of the Ravens was suspended for four games for, for making threats to his then-girlfriend. Ben Roethlisberger was suspended for six games back in 2010 for the, the sexual abuse allegations or the sexual misconduct allegations when the the Justice Department had dropped it, or, or the, the local authorities had dropped it. Ezekiel Elliott, six-game suspension back in 2017. Again, the local authorities had, had dropped a case uh, of domestic violence, and, and he was still suspended. So the inconsistency is what's confusing. Uh, we'll see what happens. You hope that Tariq Hill gets everything in order and is the dad of the year for the rest of his life. But there are reasons for concern and reasons for, for not understanding exactly what the NFL is trying to do here. Yeah, it's it's definitely a bad look, right? Moose and I were talking about this a whole bunch in our first segment of the show, and it's like there's a pattern here, and there's a pattern with, with, with Hill, and and there's some proof here. Like, well, basically, with the audio, with, you know, with him saying this to his fiance, basically saying, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, uh, and you should be afraid of me too. Also, you know, when you're saying that, you're referencing someone else, right? In this case, it's a three year old child. Yeah, no, it's. 
Uh, I've heard that the NFL listened to the entire 11-minute audio clip and the context was different after listening to 11 minutes. But, you know, you hear that sentence, whatever the context, the implications are are clear. Right, right. So, yeah, it's a whole thing. And listen, God forbid it, but if Tyreek Hill does something that finds himself in trouble once again, the NFL is is in, in... deep and serious trouble uh, about why they let this go. Well, yeah, and, and I, I guess, uh, you know, you mentioned it, Ryan, um, they'll face that. Why the though, Why the inconsistencies with, with domestic violence or violence, you know, we, we've seen this. Why, why, have we had, why have we seen the National Football League struggle with this issue so much over the years? Well, for some reason, Roger Goodell wanted the final say, and I think that's part of the issue. That there's no real rule of law in terms of what is and isn't a punishment. I know the NFL can provide you with a sheet of paper that says if you do this, X will happen, but that sheet of paper seems to be only a guideline. It's not uh, hard and fast. You can ask any NFL player about the on-field punishments, and we've seen guys suspended for things that don't make sense, and we've seen other guys suspended, not suspended for things that should have probably drawn a suspension. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady was suspended for his role, quote-unquote, in deflating football. Right. And by any measure, that was a crock from start to finish. I mean, the amount of money, the millions of dollars they spent on investigating that, and it seems like they've done immeasurably less to figure out Tyreek Hill's role in what happened with him and that young young child. Well, we're talking to uh, Ryan Wilson right now. You listen to Taz and Moose, by the way, on CBS Sports Radio, and our special guest is Ryan Wilson. He covers the NFL for CBS Sports and CBSSports.com. So, Ryan, I, I, obviously you know about all these rumors about uh, Ezekiel and the Cowboys making plans of being out of the country and taking a little trip <laughs> during training camp. Uh, what do you make of this and your thoughts and opinions on this and how this thing plays out with the Cowboys and, and Zeke? Actually, I think Zeke's probably doing the right thing because only because he plays running back, and, and those guys are, fair or not, those guys are pretty easy to replace. Mm. Ask James Conner and Le'Veon Bell. James Conner made half a million dollars a year last year. Le'Veon Bell turned down $14.4 million on that franchise tag to sit out, and the product uh, productivity was virtually the same. So Zeke Elliott is in the prime of his career. He is extremely important to that Cowboys offense. And if he figures, look, man, this is my last best chance to really get paid, I'm going to take a little break. I don't care that he's missing training camp. He knows what to do. There's no reason for him to go out there and get hurt. I think he's in a much better situation than Melvin Gordon with the Chargers because Melvin Gordon also wants to get paid. He's threatened to hold out and maybe even pull a levy on and skip the entire season. I think the Chargers are way less inclined to pay, pay him where Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones have sort of hinted that they plan to pay um, Zeke, and, and they've mentioned Todd Gurley money. But here's something to think about. They're going to have to pay Dak Prescott close to $30 million a year. They're going to have to pay Zeke Elliott close to $14 million a year, which is what Todd Gurley makes the highest-paid running back. They're going to have to pay Amari Cooper 17 or $18 million a year. That is $63 million a year tied up in three players. <laughs> oh, wow. And I just don't think Zeke is worth it. Zeke is a He's he's the best or one of the best running backs. He's in the top league. rusher last year. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But you can find these guys for much less than fourteen million a year, and I think that's the math that the Chargers are doing. I don't know if the Cowboys are willing to to let Zeke uh, become an issue or hold out or not be on the field when they need help uh, protecting Dak in terms of the production that Zeke provides behind them. You know, when when you look across uh, Ryan, uh, the National Football League here, as, as training camps get going, um, where are you going to be zeroing in on early? Well, it's funny because the, the the Broncos started before anyone, so I was 
I was actually sort of high on them coming into training camp. I, I, that offensive line is much better than people give them credit for. They played at a relatively high level last year. Phil Lindsay's really good. Emmanuel Sanders is coming back. Cortland Sutton's really good. And they drafted Noah Fant, the most athletic tight end in this draft. He can yep. rush the field. We know Joe Flacco loves tight ends, and we know about that defense. And then training camp rolls around, and Joe Flacco throws three interceptions. He gets sacked by his left tackle. Uh, at practice, and you're like, wait a second, <laughs> let's pump the brakes on that for a little bit. But I do think that if everything goes right, this team, which has had back-to-back losing seasons, could actually turn things around. The only issue is they're in the same division with the Chargers and the Chiefs. But right. I feel like they could be a nine-win team. Um, and Joe Flacco, in the right situation, could have a lot to do with that. So that's something I'm watching. But, again, it's early, and I was sort of turned off by the fact that uh, the, the left tackle there to sack the quarterback. Yeah, that's kind of a little funky. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so right. If we go down to Atlanta with the Falcons, uh, Julio Jones, top receiver last year. You know, just a great, great player, no doubt about it. A uh, freak of nature. This guy. He hasn't received a new contract, uh, but he said he'll still report to camp. What's your take on Julio Jones and the Falcons, uh, and you know, reaching a mutual uh, extension? No, I, I like that team this year, and. Um, Listen, Julio Jones has said and done all the right things. A year ago, he was he wasn't uh, his he didn't show his face a lot around the facility. He wanted a new deal, and they sort of tweaked the, the contract. and And he said Arthur Blank, the owner, has promised him that he will yeah. be a Falcon for life, and he's taken him at his word. Even as Grady Jarrett has rightfully gotten paid, and even as Deion Jones recently and rightfully got paid, Julio Jones seems to understand that it's a process, and it may not happen immediately. And I think he will get paid, and it makes sense. Uh, this team should be a lot better this year, mostly because the guys in defense are healthy. But Matt Ryan played was a top-five quarterback last year, which just sort of got lost in the mix because the team lost lost so many football games. They drafted two offensive linemen in the first round, so the idea there is to to to, to protect Matt Ryan. Now Julio Jones needs to be on the field, needs to be doing what he does. So and we're you know have a month here to go. But he seems fine with it. So if he if he's fine with it, I'll be fine with it. And it's just a matter of getting that deal done and, and how much it's going to take to pay him. You know, when when Mayfield out in Cleveland had to say what he had to say about Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, you know, how exactly does he say that with a straight face in terms of he's in a place now where he's going to be supported? Fans aren't going to judge him. Paraphrasing here, I mean, that's a tough. I, we all love Baker Mayfield, right? And we know how outspoken he is, and he's going to be fun for the Browns to watch for for hopefully a decade plus to come. Uh, but that's a tough one to take from Mayfield here, Ryan. Yeah, it's funny because you're exactly right. Everyone does love Baker Mayfield, but the more he talks, the more you're like, all right, well, you know what? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Right. Why, don't you, why don't you dial it back a little bit, yeah. and then and then we'll go it, there. It, dude, it's almost like he's trying too hard to be like outspoken, controversial, yeah. and like a yeah. badass. It's, it, it, he's look, trying it, too hard, you know? This Browns team is stacked, and there's, right. he doesn't no need to talk. He doesn't yeah. need to talk about Duke Johnson getting off the boat or the trains moving or whatever he said about that. Don't worry about Duke Johnson. Don't worry about you and worry about fixing this team that um, last had a winning season in 2007, I think. He hadn't made the playoffs in 2002. So there are a lot of other things you need to concern yourself with. And I think, for the most part, he's doing the right thing and saying the right thing. And I feel like his teammates really buy into what he's selling. But I, I've been saying this all offseason. If that team starts 1-4, none of this stuff matters because it's gonna, they're going to revert to being the Browns. Yeah, I think – I mean, Taz and I are both on board. I mean, Ron, what's your take? I, I mean, I think the Browns are going to be really good this year. I mean, I don't think championship good, but I, I think they're going to take that step forward. How about you? I want them to, and I think it's going to. We're going to find out over the first month of the season because as they start off strong, or even two and two, or whatever, they'll be fine. But if they struggle, I wonder if they're going to come undone at the seams like the Browns always do. 
Um, yep. That's the big thing. Who is the real leader there? Baker Mayfield's the, the face of the team, but he's only in his second year. Uh, Freddie Kitchens did a great job calling plays last year, but he's never coached a football team. So there are a lot of things to, to sort through. What happens if Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry aren't happy with the number of balls that are getting thrown their way? So those are the things I'm concerned with. On paper, I love I love this team, and I think Baker is the right fit and finally the right quarterback for this team. But he doesn't have to comment on every single thing that comes across his plate. No, he doesn't. Ryan, got a little curveball to close it out here. We saw the AAF come and go, right? The XFL is going to get going next year in 2020, right? How does, from people you talk to around the NFL, how does the NFL view uh, the relaunch of the XFL for Vince McMahon? You know, I haven't talked to a lot of people about it just because it's sort of been on the back burner. I think people were shocked when the AAF just sort of imploded mid-season or towards the end of that first year because everyone expected, you know, a lot more from from the at least one full complete season. I mean, I actually covered the AAF draft. Uh, you know, we were trying to trying to get a little pub going that way. And well, you won't, you won't have to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those days are done. <laughs> one and done. Yeah, thank God they didn't draft Biddy Snell, right? That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, right. But, uh, oh, that was good. Here's a good thing. Here's a good thing. Uh, the NFL got to look at a lot of players they hadn't previously would have had an opportunity to look at, and I suspect the same thing will happen in the XFL. They'll get a chance to scout some of these kids that they – had gotten lost in the mix, weren't on practice squads, had no real means of playing football. So there will be that avenue for other players who want to continue to, to sort of chase this dream and have a chance to make an NFL training camp. So I think that's the good thing. Um, in terms of the football the level of football challenging the NFL, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Ryan Wilson covers the NFL for CBS Sports, CBSSports.com. Hey, Ryan, we always appreciate when you give us a few minutes. Uh, enjoy your Monday, and thanks for the time, bud. Thanks you a lot, Ryan. Thank you, guys. Take care, bro. You got it. Uh, he does a great job. He really does. Ooh, Benny Snell. Look at a little shallow oh, Benny Snell shot. Little Benny Snell. Oh. Right. Mr. Mr. Pittsburgh Steeler. Ah, look at Ryan Wilson. We'll come back. We got the three for you. Uh, it's Daz <laughs> of the Moose on this Monday morning, CBS Sports Radio. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 